Welcome to Mom Means Business, the podcast where we celebrate the incredible strength and resilience of moms who are turning their dreams into reality. With your hosts, Jamie and Jessica. This is more than just a podcast. It's your mom business meeting. So let's dive in, connect, and together let's show the world that mom means business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your mom business meeting. Um, We have a full lineup today. We have some victory celebrations, uh, water cooler talk, uh, hopefully a mom jam, maybe a book. I don't know. And then um, our business chatter today is also kind of a victory and a celebration. So we have Brittany Boyce here from Something Blue Charcuterie um, based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And we are going to interview her about her business. So I should also say that Jamie is not on today. Um, you know, entrepreneur life, she got caught up in a meeting. And so hopefully she will be able to jump in here. So if there's some chaos happening on the recording, that is what it's going to be. Jamie jumping on the podcast. Um, but without further ado, hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, thanks for joining us today on Mom Means Business Podcast. And um, we're just going to take Brittany through the agenda and she's going to hang out with me today. <laughs> so, um, so Brittany, we always start off with victories and celebrations. We really try to um, create our agenda like a team meeting as if you were like leading a team meeting in your business. Um, and so starting off with victories and celebrations, this can be anything. It doesn't have to be specific to your business. So do you have a victory or a celebration? Um, let's see. Well, specific to business, um, I have to give a shout out to all the men out there because, um, I'm seeing an increase of men planning ahead for Valentine's Day. Oh man, snaps for that. So that's always been like the the joke is that men are like the people who call me the night before. (laughs) Hey, can you do this for me? And I have seen um, a a lot of men placing orders for charcuterie for their wives and girlfriends. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the guys for planning ahead because that helps me a lot. But it's also um, you know shows that they're thinking ahead about their significant other. You know, that is a victory. Like <laughs> maybe there's a, a, a turn of events for the plan for men planning. Good job. Yeah. I am yeah. really proud of them. That's great. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, so P- our listeners know that we are, Jamie and I are Pelotoners and Brittany is also um, a Pelotoner. Um, and I will say I've learned that it is really hard for me. Like I have to be very intentional about getting steps in. And as of late, I've been like really trying to make it a priority to get steps in. I mean, I will say like on a regular basis, I I will get like 3000 steps. And that is in a regular day. I'm not being intentional. That is just like how I move about my day. Most of my work is desk work. So I have a stand up desk, but, um, I've been intentionally working on my step count and the last few days I've gotten like between seven and 9,000 steps. And that for me is a celebration because that was a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's definitely something you have to be intentional about. I learned that when I started tracking steps, I was the same way. I was getting like maybe 4,000 a day and I started just intentionally tracking it. And, you know, like when I had 10 minutes, I could go out for a walk or get on the treadmill or just like walking around the house and straightening up just like with the intent of like, oh, I'm going to get more steps out of this. So it's right. a win-win. <laughs> yeah. I even today, I, um, this morning I had to go to like a little meeting outside of the house and there was a really close parking spot and I drove around to it. And then I, in my head, I was <laughs> like, you know what? No, you get to make a choice here go park far away and get some steps in. I'm really glad I did because now I have 1300 steps and that's less that I have to do later. <laughs> yes. That is, that's definitely a huge win. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, okay. So let's move into our water cooler talk. And so this is actually really great because I'm going to explain to you what our water cooler talk is. And then, um, you know, also explain to our listeners 
again, even though they follow along. So water cooler talk is like, imagine you're in an office and you meet your colleagues at the water cooler and that's where you like hash out all of the personal things that are happening in your life, you know? And um, so when Jamie and I worked in an office, we used to do this and it was like the workroom would be, well, we, we would rotate. It would be like my office because it was like kind of tucked away um, or the workroom and we would just like sit there for a long time and just sort of like hash out life and talk about, you know, just all kinds of things. So that's what water cooler talk is, just like random topics, random things. Um, and so I, I, I have a list of things that I always come with on the podcast to talk about. I, I don't know if you're prepared to do so, but I can kick us off with a few things and hopefully that will maybe spark some things um, for you to chat about. Um, so I don't know if you have been targeted on social media, but I've been targeted as of late for Super Bowl munchies, like any kind of like recipe. There was this woman and she put like, I don't even know, four bags of Doritos, nacho cheese sauce in a Tupperware bin, like in a, in a huge Tupperware bin that you like put your Christmas stuff away in just piled things on. It was disgusting. And I was like, I would never eat that. I would never serve that. Why am I going to put like a big old Tupperware bin of nachos in the middle of my living room? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that that's the no for me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big no. And then also all these people are like taking, I don't know, like, um, you know, those like Coca-Cola, the 12 pack containers, and they're like cutting them in half and making little containers to put chips and carrots. And I'm like, do we have a bowl? Can we like, why are we resorting to like cardboard that's potentially been in a warehouse that's now holding my food? I'm a little weird, I I guess. I feel like people are taking the whole DIY thing a little too far. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, I just, first of all, like, I don't know. Not everyone's a Super Bowl person. Like, if it's not really your team, are you still watching? I don't know. Do you, are you Super Bowl people? Um, not really. Um, we don't really care about who's playing normally, but we watch for normally for the halftime show, uh, and which is Usher. Is meh. Yeah, I you're mean, I think, you're medium I mean, about Usher. Two thousand five. Like take me. Oh, back. I lo- I love the fact that the Super Bowl is always like. 2000s like mm. themed I love that personally yeah. as a millennial um I have a feeling that like the younger generations hate that but Probably. I personally love that but um we used to also watch for the commercials and they just yes. aren't as good as they used to be I, I had this conversation the other day with somebody and it's just like they used to be like the reason why we watched the game and now it's just like yeah can do I without know. them I know they are, they have been pretty medium. And some of them, I think, okay, 2% of them really slap. But yeah, you're right. I think they're just not. So um, they've released, you know, they don't release the what the commercials are until yeah. the day of. But some brands have like put like a teaser out there. And um, so Oreo has a Super Bowl ad with Kris Jenner oh. coming out. So that oh. should be interesting. You know, Christina. have you, do you know? Be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you, uh, um, like, do you watch like Desperate Housewives and what is the uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Jamie is like, oh yeah, very into it. And I cannot yes. Really? So I, I'll be honest, I don't really watch it much anymore. Um, I watched every episode of Desperate Housewives, like when it was actually on primetime. Um, and then I used to watch Kardashians like every time. And now I will occasionally go back and stream it if I very, very seldomly have time um, where there's no like kids around because obviously I'm not going to watch that yeah. with my kids. But right. um, yeah, honestly, I don't watch a lot of solo tv anymore it's yeah we like you know i'll watch tv with my husband at night but we watch something we both like right and what, oh, so you're saying he that, doesn't like keeping up with the kardashians <laughs> oh no not a, 
he he's always joked me for liking it. And, you know, I, I just kind of choose not to watch it around him because I don't want to hear his commentary. I know. Yeah. Jamie says that her husband will watch like one episode and then he's like, hmm, okay, can we, can we switch to something else now? You know? Yeah. yeah. I just, I like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't get into it. I can't get into it. I don't know. I, I mean, for no other reason other than just like, it doesn't peak my interest. Like I can't, I can't even like walk on the treadmill and watch it. Like that's how not into it I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's pretty much like pointless. Like, you know what I mean? You're not getting much out of it. Right. But it's just, if you, if you have time for mindless television, but oh, again, yeah. like once you have kids, you don't really have a lot of time for mindless television. You don't, so, you don't. Yeah. No. Um, okay, so here are some other brands that have released that they have a Super Bowl spot. Um, okay, Pringles, that starry um, soda. I don't know. It's like a lemon-lime soda. Yeah. Um, Budweiser, wow, Budweiser coming back, coming, making a comeback. Mm. McUltra, which like I guess Budweiser doesn't own McUltra. Okay. Hellman's, oh, my God. There are some serious like – mayonnaise can really create a ruckus like you put the wrong mayonnaise out and people have opinions you know yeah mm-hmm. i'm not yeah. a mayonnaise person either so i don't know that like yeah i i'm not either um i don't know if you saw the they did like the the football game the bowl game and it was sponsored by hellman's i think it might have been hellman's and they like dumped a giant vat of mayonnaise on the coach at the end Gross. That is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it, it was gross. <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's my Super Bowl chat. I really brought nothing to the table other than I'm getting targeted for really disgusting snacks. Um, we're probably not going to do anything. We're just like, I think I bought some um, kebabs and like some, I'll do like mini sliders and that's it. <laughs> yeah. We'll watch good. the commercials, probably put the kids to bed and just lay in bed and watch the commercials. I am not going to miss Usher though. I think he just released, I, I just caught it though. I need to look more into it that he's doing a tour. Oh, interesting. I would go, I would go to an Usher concert. Yeah. You wouldn't. It's okay. You don't yeah. have to. Yeah. I mean, I, Probably. I, I really do like anything from the 2000s. Just mm-hmm. it's very nostalgic. Yes. So, I think like when yeah. did Usher put like, yeah, yeah by Usher. When did that come out? Was that? Is it like, let's oh, see. Four? <laughs> I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Um, I don't know. So his biggest hit is. Yeah. It was number one on Billboard Hot 100 and stayed there for 12 consecutive weeks. Um, But it doesn't say when it came out. Oh, 2004. You're right. It is. 2004. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. That was just a guess. You win. I got nothing for you, but you win. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, I'm eager to see what he comes out with. I mean, I think he's like our age-ish. I mean, he was yeah. young when he came out with his song, so. Yeah. Okay. And normally at the Super Bowl, they bring out like a surprise guest. Mm-hmm. Normally. They don't always. I know they didn't do that with Rihanna, but. Well, because she had that surprise guest in her belly. Yes. I know. That was I was like. Girlfriend, give yourself a baby shower at the Super Bowl. You do you, <laughs> honey. Like being strapped and launched and pregnant. Can you imagine? No. no thank you. No. <laughs> Absolutely hard no. Will not be strapped to anything being taken across the football field. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Do you have any water cooler topics that you like to bring up? I can bring up a ton. I've got a few more, but you know, I'm giving you the mic, giving you the opportunity. Um, well, I haven't really prepared, but, um, just thinking out loud. Um, so I got an aura ring 
for. Oh, Christmas. yes. Tell me about this. Yeah. Um, I So I'm obviously really into health and fitness, and I also really like seeing the data. Mm-hmm. So I like the aura ring because I can wear it like with my Apple watch because I cannot not wear my Apple watch. I have to be able to see my steps and my screen and track my Mm -hmm. workouts and stuff like that. Um, So I like that you can kind of like work in conjunction and the aura ring for me is more of like a sleep tracker. Oh, okay. So not so much a workout tracker. Yeah, so it can track workouts and it will like automatically, um, like if you're moving fast, it will ask you if you're working out. Uh So it can track workouts, but I just use my Apple Watch for that. Right. Um, But I've been really interested in seeing like the sleep insights and Mm -hmm. it telling me like if I'm recovered from the previous day, like if I, you know, recovered from my workouts, if I got enough deep sleep and things like that. So I really um, enjoy kind of just seeing all of that and having like these charts and stuff. I know that sounds really nerdy, but it's been kind of cool to see. And it's interesting because, you know, you can like the way your body feels when you wake up and then you look at your aura stats for the day and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's why I'm still tired or, you know. So they do match. It it is accurate. Like the way you feel is being represented in the aura ring stats data. Yeah, I really I really feel like it is. It's, you know, the first couple of weeks it has to like get to know you. Mm-hmm. Um so it's not, you know, 100%, but I've had it for um a little over a month now. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a lot more accurate. It knows everything. Um it tracks like your temperature. It's very like it's very cool. I really like it. So but <laughs> not just like your temperature like um like 98.6. It's like two decimals, isn't it? It's like very exact. Yeah. Yeah. And it basically it, it establishes your baseline and then it will show you like, oh, you're 0.2 above your baseline or you're 0.3 mm-hmm. below your baseline. So it's really cool. And I mean, honestly, it has some really deep data with it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Um. So I have a friend and he also has the aura ring and also equally loves data. And he said that he could tell that he was getting sick from his aura ring before his body actually was sick. And I was like, yes. how does and this I, happen? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that there might be some truth to that because um, like, and again, it was still learning my body and everything a week after I got it, but my temperature like spiked. And I like over the course of that week, I had like a sore throat from one of my kids and I like, so I was, you know, like I started to get like a little bit of a cold. And so I, I really do think that it's like intuitive. I, yeah, it it was hard for me to like wrap my mind around that, but like hearing you talk about it and, you know, I've of course done my research online. Um, it, it does seem like possible and like, I do love getting the data on my body. Like I just love, (laughs) you know, the stats on the Peloton and on my watch when I do a workout, especially when I do like a HIIT workout, those peaks and valleys, I'm like, yes, A, I did the workout right. B, no wonder why I feel the way I feel. And C, (laughs) like, good, my heart is working. My body is working. My blood is pumping. Like, anyway, it just is like, very nice to see all the data. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Shout out to Aura. If you are a data person like me and you like to be in tune with your health and wellness, definitely recommend it. And it looks like there's different options too. Like um, I think when they first came out, they only just had like one, like one type of ring that you could get, but it's like now they have like the gen three and the, I don't know, probably the different generations and things like that. And they have gold and they have silver and they have rose gold now. So when they first came out, they literally just had one. Can you merge the membership with like your, your, um, like your Apple membership or like, can you merge it with anything else? Or is it like a separate membership that you have to have for that data? Um, so it, basically it's like a subscription, like you buy the ring and then it's five ninety nine a month for oh, that's not terrible. like access to all of your reports and data. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's, there's a limited amount of things you can do with it without the subscription. 
Got it. I don't think that you're going to be able to like link it to your Apple health and stuff like that without the membership. Got it. Um, but it's, it's like its own membership, but it's, it's five ninety nine a month. It's really not that expensive not terrible. at all. Like, it's yeah. just, once you buy the ring, you know, it's, it's yours and it speaks yeah. for itself. So the data speaks I, I for like itself. It. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, okay. Well, I want to make sure that we have time um, to talk about you as an entrepreneur, as a mom and what this looks like. So let's go ahead and get into that. Um, I think let's maybe just like open up with you sharing about like you, who you are, um, how you got started in your business. Um, you know, you've mentioned that you have kids. So how many kids do you have? Um, and, uh, yeah, let's just get started there. How about that? Okay. It was a lot of questions. You're like, I don't know. Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I am originally from Virginia and lived there basically my whole life. Um, met my husband in high school. We're not high school sweethearts. Um, he asked me to prom. I said no. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> um, yeah. I always like to shout that out because um, he likes to hang that over my head as much as he can. Good, um, let him, let him. Up, yeah, we ended up um, starting to date in college and um, did not go to the same college, but we ended up just um, kind of like long distance for a little while until um, I was already like in my second year of college. Um, and I ended up graduating from college a year early because oh. I, I know, I now like obviously everything works out the way it should. But, you know, in hindsight, I was like, why did I rush it? You know, like college is such a, a good experience that I was like, I want to get out in three years. So um, I was able to graduate in three years because I had the intent of going to law school. And mm -hmm. like that was my career path from the time I was in like middle school was going to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And um, yep. So I, you know, took the LSAT, got into a couple of law schools. And so what would have been my senior year of college was my freshman or 1L year of law school. Okay. Um, so I was probably a little younger than a few people, than right. a lot of people that um, were entering law school. And um, the first semester was just kind of just like getting to know everything about it and kind of seeing how I felt. And then toward the end, I was like, I just don't think this is for me. <laughs> um, so after, you know, I started my second semester and, you know, just had a lot of doubts about it mm -hmm. and ended up changing my mind at the end of that year. So I did one year of law school and from, and I just changed course entirely. Um, I decided I wasn't going back and I. That's a really hard decision. Yeah. That's a hard decision. You know, it, it was all I had ever known um, was that I wanted to be a lawyer for so many years. And so I felt a little lost, but something inside was like, you should try marketing. And I ended up getting an entry level marketing job um, that fall instead of mm -hmm. going back to law school and worked for a um, kind of like a startup and, mm -hmm. you know, which is, you know, at the time was, I learned so much from it and it was a huge headache. But now <laughs> as an entrepreneur, I feel like I it served me well. Yes. Um, kind of working in that environment. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, at the time it was a, a company that definitely did not have their act together and I learned a lot about what not to do, which is great for me. Sometimes that's um, the best learning, you know, just like yeah, here, don't yeah. do this. Try something else. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because it was a small startup, I had my hands in everything related to marketing and public relations. So it was great experience. And I was able to channel that and move on finally. And I ended up working for several other companies doing like corporate marketing. Um, I had my first daughter and I cried when I had to go back to work because mm -hmm. I was like, I, I can't imagine leaving her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to figure out, you know, how to do something for myself so that I don't have to do this the rest of my life. I don't have to go into an office so I can have flexibility. And I ended up kind of having that 
forced on me because we, my husband took a job in Memphis, Tennessee, and we had to move away. And I had to leave my job because um, it was an in-office role and they, you know, it wasn't remote. And at the time, remote work was extremely unpopular. Right. And, <laughs> and so I I left my job, but I still needed to find some level of work. Um, you know, we were still young. We were in our like mid-20s. So I still had to work. And so I ended up taking on like freelance marketing. And so I was basically, I was working for a company, but I was technically a contractor. Um, and I worked full time for them for a little while. I was pregnant with my second. And after I had her, I was like, I, I have to be part time. I can't be full time and have two young kids. So I did that for another year. I worked part time and then um, they wanted me to come back full time. And I was like, I, I just can't do it. So I completely left and was on my own doing freelancing. And I did freelance writing. And I got into content creation. And I did that for a while and did like Instagram and Facebook and blogging and, yeah. um, you know, for yourself, a, though, like on your yeah, own, for myself. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like a personal blogger, and, um, just putting yeah. content out there that you feel passionate about. Yeah. And, you know, mm -hmm. doing like campaigns and things like that. So it was a nice supplemental income for me. And, um, you know, I was able to contribute. And that's what I was doing right up until the pandemic happened. And all of a sudden, we had so much more time on our hands, which, <laughs> you know, when you have young, at this point, I had had my third child. So I had right. three kids. To say I had more time on my hands is kind of it's funny now. <laughs> but my husband, was, <laughs> my husband was working from home and um, I was just really into making charcuterie boards. I did it for every holiday, every function, everything like that. And I had a friend in Memphis where we had moved from when we moved to Charlotte. And I just reached out to her and asked her, you know, what it's like running a business. And, you know, she was great. And she just sat down with me and we had this huge long conversation about, you know, all the things charcuterie related and running a business. And I decided, you know, this sounds like a really good opportunity here in Charlotte, and I'm going to pursue it. So, mm -hmm. you know, my husband is business minded, he has a background in finance. So he was really helpful with like getting everything off the ground. And we did a lot of, you know, like pricing. And, you know, we, we really planned strategically before I just jumped into it, um, which I think was super helpful, um, you know, to not just kind of blindly go into it. So we had everything all kind of mapped out. And once I was finally comfortable with everything and, you know, had a name and started a social media page, I just started promoting my company. And um, so that's how I launched uh, my charcuterie business, which is called Something Blue Charcuterie. And I feel very fortunate because I really hit that trend, like right at its peak. Um, so I really think that was helpful at kind of getting my business off the ground and yeah. propelling it forward. Yeah. But um, so that's kind of like the long story about how I ended up where I am right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, so um, yeah. In, in our first few episodes, we talked about like how to start your business. And I just want to like highlight the things that you did in fact do. So um, if you're looking at starting your own business, these are some things that Brittany just talked about that she did, like start with an idea, define your why, you wrote a business plan, you assess what you need your finances to be for your business, you determined your structure, right? Like you're, are you an LLC? Are you an S-Corp? You registered your company. I'm assuming you didn't talk about this, but I'm assuming you found a bank, opened a bank account because you have to in yeah. order to have a business. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, you created a business budget. You got a logo. If you go to her website, you'll see her beautiful logo. Um, you know, you found a mentor who talked you through all of these things, right? Like you were able to ask questions and like, what do I need to do to get this off the ground? I have this passion. I know what I like to do. Like, so you found someone who can help you do that. Um, I'm assuming because you got it off the ground, you created a website, marketing materials, and you networked despite COVID, right? Like, cause we weren't going anywhere. Like COVID no. made us stationary. So what was your marketing? Was it strictly online? Like how did you, 
you said you started at the peak. Was it like, how did you get things going? Um, yeah. So charcuterie was um, just, I don't, I think what happened was people were stuck inside during COVID and I used social media to share about what I was doing. And I posted it in like all the local groups and it was like mom groups. So local Charlotte moms. And I don't, I mean, you probably know this, but Charlotte moms are generally extremely supportive of others. Uh And um, so that was one thing that really helped me in the beginning was like just finding that like group of moms that were like, I'm going to back you because I think this is great that you're doing this. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of people who were, um, you know, bored of, getting takeout because, you know, everybody was getting takeout during COVID and also everybody wanted to support small businesses as well and not like, you know, jump to like big corporate businesses. They were trying to keep things local. And so people were just, you know, eager to order like a charcuterie board for dinner on Friday night. And I remember, you know, when I first started, I would just make, I, I mean, I would have like, a cooler full of like smaller grazing boxes for like three to four people. And I would just spend my Friday driving around delivering, you know, all oh of my these gosh. charcuterie boxes yeah. all over Charlotte. And I mean, I, in the beginning, I didn't have a great, um, you know, I kind of was like, everything was on the fly yeah. and I didn't have a great like time structure. So I was, pro- I was definitely putting more time into running a business than I anticipated when I, when I launched. Right. Um, right. And I was not balancing my time very well. I was, you know, working all weekend long and Mm -hmm. not able to spend a lot of time with my family. Um, but you know, during COVID it was a little different because everybody was home seven days a week. All the time. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, I could see them during the week if I was working all weekend. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, as, as we kind of like started to get back to normal, I had to kind of like, you know, reel in my, timing and my hours and things like that and kind of um you know define the business hours and try to keep it separate from family time and things like that so definitely a lot of things I learned as I went along but just Mm -hmm. really just getting the word out there word of mouth marketing is still a thing and that's how I really launched my business and did not have a website when I started um that was something that came yeah that was something that came like four months later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was, you know, literally just doing social media. Um, I, you know, word of mouth, people locally that were nearby heard about my business. Um, and then about, you know, at the end of the year, I was like, I really need a website, even just for just tracking sales and, you know, payments and things like that. Like it just, mm-hmm. I needed some sort of structure. And then what happened when I launched the website was that, well, I kind of know what I'm doing when it comes to SEO because of my background in marketing. Right. So then I opened up a whole new avenue of customers that were, you know, I get customers that are in other states that order for family members in Charlotte. Right. So, you know, it just was like, it opened up a whole new area of potential customers by having a website. Right. Okay. So tell me you started when, when did you start your your business? Um, it was August of 2020. Okay. So we were like well into the pandemic by then. Yeah. Um, so you've been in business approximately four years. You're going to be coming up on your four year this year. Congratulations. Um, and so what, tell me like your two biggest challenges that you have come across in your last, let's say three and a half years. (laughs) um the first one is is pretty easy um and something that I did not think about when I started and that is um kind of like handling conflict Uh um no matter what you do um as a business owner and no matter you know you can be the nicest person in the world um you can be as accommodating as possible you're always gonna have someone who is either dissatisfied or wants mm-hmm. the world from you. Right, right. And as a, as a nice person, I like to call myself a nice person, um, <laughs> That that is actually one of the biggest struggles for me because I do not like conflict and yeah. I get 
you know, personally hurt when someone is unhappy mm-hmm. for any reason. And, yeah. and I have had to lean on others, you know, my husband, my family, friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, that stuff happens because I still, to this day, you know, it, it hurts my feelings as a person. And I, right. I know that I have to treat it as a business, but I am probably a little bit more sensitive than some. So you're the owner, been- this is your baby. This is your passion. And, yeah. you, and you own the product. Like you want it to be the best and <laughs> someone is dissatisfied yeah. and you're a kind and- person. So yeah. And, and it's a lot of times it's not even anything wrong with the product or service. It's, it's always something that is completely off the wall and unexpected. I mean, I had someone who I did a giveaway in my first year of business and um, they won a, a board for free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they were a food blogger. So they mm. then went on Yelp and they wrote a review and gave it like three or four stars and not five stars. And they said, because the same size board from another company was cheaper. So nothing to do and with they, you or your service or your product, yeah. but just that yeah. Some other person, the comparison was cheaper. And it, yeah, and I'm like, you know, that is for a any product or service based business, reviews are huge. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the first thing you see is three stars, not maybe what they said specifically. Right. And right. so, you know, that that was dealing with stuff like that, navigating that has been challenging. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten better. It's been almost four <laughs> now. But, um, and, you know, try not to take things so personally, right? but I would say that, you know, navigating that, you know, client satisfaction and, you know, any sort of conflict is definitely the biggest challenge that I've faced. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I, I didn't go into it expecting that. I mean, I should have known that that's inevitable, but it's just not what you're thinking about when you start a business. (laughs) Yeah. No, you don't think about that at all. (laughs) Why yeah. would you? You're like, and I have this lovely yeah. product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, and then, you know, second, just like I said, balancing my time mm. effectively. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it is my business and ultimately I can make the hours and things like that. But trying to balance it so that I'm making sure that I am running my business effectively and, you know, serving people in the way that they want to be served, but also respecting boundaries and my family time and things like that has um, definitely had its challenges over the years. And, you know, holidays, I get very busy. Yeah. And that is a a big challenge because, you know, on holidays, you tend to want to spend more time with your family. Right. And, I, so, you know, one of my boundaries is that I don't work on the holiday, um, you know, for like Christmas, Thanksgiving, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Like obviously Valentine's Day, I will work on the the day, but it's Valentine's Day. Right. Um, And it's also a really big day for charcuterie, but, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just, you know, trying to uh, set that boundary is hard. And, And also, you know, having everything on your phone, it's hard to turn off ever. Yes. You know, like I get people that I get people that call or text me at nine o'clock at night and I'm like, boundaries, boundaries. Yeah. 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 That's hard when it's all on your phone and like, how do you turn it off? Jamie talks about that all the time. Like, can I just get like an away message or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) I guess then, you know, on the opposite side, what are like two things that you're proud of that you've achieved in your company? Um, so first of all, I, you know, I'd always kind of dreamed I would own a business one day and I struggled for many years because I just would like sit there with a piece of paper and try to figure out like, okay, what do I want to do? I want Mm -hmm. to own a business. I don't have a clue what I want to do though. I just want to own a business. And I think you're not alone, by the way. I think so many people do that. (laughs) I really do. And I think. I think it's so true because I mean, so many people want that, you know, ability to create something of their own and, you know, mm-hmm. have that flexibility to work for themselves. But when I, I had that like aha moment with charcuterie, 
I, I wasn't even like making a list of companies. It just came to me. And I think that's how it has to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think you can make it happen. It's just one of those things that like it will fall into your lap and it's like, this yeah. is the idea, you know, like, yeah. and that, so I think just one of my biggest accomplishments in the business is just actually starting Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I had so many years where I'm like, I want to run a business, but I don't know what I want to do. And just, you know, having this idea and, and instead of just sitting on it, I was like, I'm doing it. And, you know, for someone like me, you know, I, I'm very determined, but I'm also not a risk taker. Yeah. So yeah. that was, you know, kind of huge to just tell myself, okay, I'm doing this and just go with it. Yeah. So, you know, just, I think the biggest accomplishment is obviously just getting started that first step. And then, um, secondly, you know, I still, you know, when I, every time I go to set up, uh, like a big grazing table, I, you know, will stand back afterward and take a picture of it and, you know, for like sharing on social media. And sometimes I have to like pinch myself and like, I did that, you know, I I love that. that. You know, it, it just, you know, for so many years, I just felt kind of lost in my career. Yeah. So to find something that you're passionate about, but it also is actually a business. Yeah. And, you know, you're successful at it and it's thriving and, you know, you enjoy it. It's Mm -hmm. that is honestly not common. Right. And I think everybody wants that. So, you know, just to find that is a huge win in itself, I feel like. Yes. Um, do you have um, goals for 2024 that you are striving for? Um, that so you want to share, that you want to share, let me say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, to be honest, you know, the 2022 and even some of 2023, we had pondered the idea of opening like a brick and mortar location. Wow. And um, we had even gotten to the leasing process and I chickened out. <laughs> Um, partially because of real estate, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just been kind of crazy up and down. Right. And also, um, because I've discovered that I appreciate the flexibility that I have and not having to go, I mean, going into a brick and mortar location every day would be kind of like going into an office. And right now I have the ability to take days off when I need to, um, you know, I book time in my kitchen. So I, you know, work when I have things on my schedule, but when I don't have things on my schedule, I'm not working. And so if I, if my kids have a field trip, I can, you know, turn off my calendar that day and go on the field trip. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the, the goal, you know, the past two years, but I have since, you know, pivoted and decided that I kind of like the model that I have right now where it's more flexible because it's, yeah. it gives me um, the ability to do what I love, but also to balance my time better. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, for 2024, my goals are really to kind of just dive deeper into catering. Um, mm-hmm. We, you know, we started to do grazing tables and as corporations have kind of gone back into the office and, you know, they're picking back up on client events and things like that. We're doing a lot more catering. So I've just been kind of working on expanding catering options um, so that, you know, we can be like a one-stop shop if people want catering. And so it's not just cheese and charcuterie. They can add on other things. Um, And then I really want to, I haven't, this is one of those things that I had good intentions of doing, but I haven't really um, completed yet Mm -hmm. is I really want to pick uh, a charitable organization every month and have, you know, a portion of our sales go toward that charity. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Possibly even like create like a themed charcuterie board for that particular organization that people can purchase and, you know, a portion of the proceeds will go to that organization. Yeah, that's um, great. So, you know, just kind of like small things, nothing crazy huge. Um, continuing to fine tune um, everything that we have going on, um, continuing to upgrade 
our, you know, packaging and different ingredients and sourcing. Um, That is like an ever going, I'm constantly just looking for new things and figuring out what works best. So just trying to kind of evolve and stay on, you know, with what's trending, what's popular, but also just kind of staying true to the business that I started and, you know, I think that's so important. Like you can lose yourself in it, right? Like unless you are very, you know, we, Jamie and I always talk about like, you might have to revisit your why several times a year. You might have to revisit Mm -hmm. it at year 10, but like the fact that you've defined your why at the beginning, you can always come back to that. And you should come back to that because you can get lost. You know, the roads might lead you all kinds of ways, but you need to just stay true to like, why you started what you started. Um, so I, I yeah. really appreciate you saying that because I think that's really important for people to hear. Um, you know, brick and mortar came up as an opportunity, but it's like, is that really what I want to do? The whole reason I got into this was so that I could be flexible and be available for my family and my kids when they need me. And it's like, mm-hmm. if I do that, then my flexibility is gone especially knowing yeah. how determined, like, right. Like, you know, yourself, you're like, I'm a determined person. It's like, I would want this to be successful. That means I'm going to be there. And yeah, that doesn't necessarily work with why you even started in the first place. So yeah, um, exactly. I appreciate, I appreciate that honesty. Um, <laughs> is there anything you would want to share with the audience of like, you know, entrepreneur moms who potentially might be getting started, or maybe they're just sitting there with a piece of paper and a pen. And they're like, I want to start a business, but I don't even know what this is. Like, what would you share with them? Um, so I would say, you know, just think about things that you're passionate about. What do you like to do? You know, if, it, if you have a hobby, um, you know, and you want to start a business, think about, is there something pertaining to that hobby that you can monetize? Um, Mm -hmm. even if it's just blogging or content creating, you know, that's kind of how I got my start. And I had the opportunity to make charcuterie boards for sponsored campaigns. And that's really where I decided, oh, this is fun. I really enjoy this. So I have to give credit back to that aspect of my life because if I hadn't spent time in content creating and you know doing sponsored campaigns I might not be right here now you know running a charcuterie board company um because I wouldn't have you know realized how much I enjoyed it so maybe just you know rethink your hobbies and things that you enjoy and figure out you know is there an avenue to kind of like turn that into a business opportunity in some way um And also, you know, if you are in the beginning of starting a business or planning to definitely lean on the community, uh, whether it's other moms or just, you know, Mm -hmm. neighbors, um, people that live in your community, because that's really where I got all of my support when I first started. And, you know, word spread about what I was doing. And, you know, it wouldn't have been that way if I hadn't, you know, spent time building that sense of community and sharing about what I'm doing with other moms in the area. Yeah. We talk about, you know, you have to have sort of this elevator speech of like what you do and why (laughs) you're doing it. Like not too long, but not too quick, but like very relational, but very like all these things. So um, yeah, I mean, you definitely have to tap into your community and um, you know, build the support, get the support from the people around you. Um, yeah. Okay, Brittany. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We like to end on a, um, a topic that's like, we call it, it takes a village. And we talk about like, how have we tapped into our village lately? And we say like, it really does take a village. I think you just, you know, spoke to that a little bit. And so um, how have you tapped into your village this past week? I know you, oh, you're like, how did I do that? <laughs> Um, let's see. Well, you know, obviously we both have daughters in the same Girl Scout troop, but, um, you know, I have kind of tapped into our group of moms in our neighborhood and vice versa, um, where we kind of like carpooled our kids to Girl Scout cookie booths and just, you know, a quick text to each other. And it's like, Hey, if you ever need anything, you know, let me know. I'm happy to, 
you know, pick up your daughter from a meeting or take her to a meeting or something like that. But just especially when you have multiple children and you have schedules all over the place, you know, you Mm -hmm. and your spouse are working, um, just having, you know, a village literally of people who are willing to step in when you need help is huge. And, you know, I have to give a shout out to you personally, because last year we had a little family emergency where my daughter had to be hospitalized and I called you in a panic and you swooped in and picked up my kids for me and just, you know, were there for them while I had to run to the hospital. And Mm -hmm. that kind of thing is huge when you are a parent. I, you know, we talk a lot about like, you have to be vulnerable in your village. Like, you know, that was vulnerable for you to be like, Hey, I need help. Um, and so (laughs) there's a level of vulnerability there and it's hard, it's hard, but, um, yeah, I think tapping into your village, you know, this week I just had like some challenging situations and just like texting some friends just to be like, Hey, I just need you to let me know that I'm not crazy by, you know, whatever things that I'm thinking or feeling. And, you know, we sort of turned it into a laughing, uh, something to laugh about, which is also what your village is there for, right? Like you might be really stressed, but like turning that into laughter is really healthy. So, um, anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Brittany. This is really great. Um, so glad that, uh, we could learn about something blue charcuterie. And if you're in the Charlotte area or if you're not, feel free to jump on the website, order, order some charcuterie. <laughs> yeah, um, we do virtual classes. So there you go. If you're not local. You could still, still can take a class. You. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in. That's a wrap on today's episode of Mom Means Business. We hope you enjoyed this empowering conversation and found inspiration to fuel your journey as a mom and entrepreneur. We'd love to hear your thoughts, stories, and suggestions at the Mom Means Business podcast at gmail.com. Connect with us on social media, share your experiences, and let's continue this incredible journey together. Thank you for joining us today and being a part of our Mom Means Business community. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams, balancing your life, And remember, you are unstoppable.